Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're about to hear an episode from The Imaginable Workplace, a podcast from Haraya Coaching and Puma Podcast that explains our relationship with work and how we can make our workplaces better for everyone. If you like it, share it with a friend who needs a little inspiration at work, and don't forget to follow The Imaginable Workplace on your podcast app for more. Welcome to The Imaginable Workplace, where we explore how to make work better. I'm Carl Javier, CEO of Puma Podcast, an award-winning podcast production company that aims to spread the joy, power, and value there is in listening. And I'm Jen Horn, a certified transformational coach and culture practice lead at Haraya Coaching. Rooted in wholeness, Haraya supports individuals and teams by creating safe spaces for transformation. In this episode, we explore emotions at work. And for some of you listening right now, yes, you may be thinking or feeling that emotions have no place in the workplace. And your thoughts and feelings are valid for your subjective experience, whatever they may be. Carl, when you heard this episode topic suggestion from Haraya, how did you feel about it? Well, you know, Jen, I am very uncomfortable with emotions <laughs> uh, and expressing them. So it was a mix of discomfort and fear, but also understanding that if we were committed to making this show, I had to put myself in these situations. And so because I was willing to open up, and hopefully our listeners will be open also, we got to hear some really good stories from one member of Puma Podcast who talked about her emotions at work and a leader of a multinational company. On top of that, we're also happy to be sharing some tools and ways of thinking and being that hopefully will help you acknowledge and respond to these emotions in healthier ways. So even if it's you know sadness, fear, anxiety, grief, or maybe anger and frustration, there's ways for us to move through them in healthier ways. So let's listen to a story from the Puma Podcast team now. Hi, I'm Anna. I'm the head of comms and audience engagement here at Puma Podcast. I have had an experience where there are a lot of emotions at work. This was around the time when the pandemic had just started so there was a lot of uncertainty all of us were basically going through it we didn't know how much change we would have to undergo and as those earlier months progressed yeah there was just a lot of things going on for me both at work where I had recently taken on a new role and there was a lot more responsibility and then all the external factors of just life compounding that and the boss that I had at the time we would have like regular check-ins. It was a very supportive like working relationship. So 
it was open. I could say things and, and voice out concerns. But what I didn't expect was during one of those one-on-one conversations with this person, like I just broke down. I started crying during our, our one-on-one. Luckily, there was no video. And she was like, it's okay. You don't need to turn on your video. I'm like, yeah, I don't want you to see me ugly crying right now. This is like not the work face that I, I want to be projecting. So I feel like just in the way that we've been conditioned to approach work, there's an expectation that you have it together. People can depend on you. You know what you're doing. So I think one of the things to look at here from Anna's story is that last point she makes about thinking that you have to have it together. Often, at least for people who get a traditional training, yung not breaking or having it together means being able to turn off or to set aside your emotions so that you can continue to work. Yeah. In the current state of things, parang iniisip natin na professionalism e- equals not emotional. So actually, in a study conducted by psychologist and academic Susan David and her team, they found that a third of over 70,000 people judge themselves for having so-called bad emotions. So that could be like sadness, anger, or grief. But what Susan David actually says is that these emotions aren't really inherently good or bad. They are simply data valuable data, and it speaks to what we value as individuals. And whenever we deny itong mga negative emotions, we might have three responses. Either we brood, nagtatampo tayo, we hold a grudge, or we bottle it up or brush aside our feelings. Or thirdly, we might show false positivity, yung parang uh, kailangan positive lang tayo, we have to just reframe our thinking so that we're not nega. And, you know, Susan David calls all of these responses as rigid responses. Thanks for sharing that information, Jen. I really like this idea of emotions actually being data that we can work from. Mm-hmm. I say normally you feel something and then you act on it and you feel like may validity in the action. When we all know, if you've ever like had a relationship in high school, yung nagsiselos ka at nagtatampo ka, hindi valid yung... Data na yun eh. <laughs> Once you wind up checking it. Well, kung nagsiselos ka, hindi sa hindi valid yung emotion na yun. It's also understanding, what is this emotion telling you? So, all emotions are valid actually. All emotions are valid, but you don't necessarily have to act upon that emotion. Exactly. That is the thing. So, kunwari nasa office ka, tas na-offend ka at something... Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to attack the person. Maybe you need to yeah. talk to that person and figure out what about their response seemed offensive to you or if they meant it or if they were implying something rather than doing one of these three things that you're going to hold a grudge, you're going to bottle it up, or you're going to pretend that it didn't happen and everything is fine. So... I think we always wind up thinking about leaders because we ourselves are leaders in various ways. And so as a leader, sometimes you feel extra sensitive, both from the pressure of having to put on that work face in front of people. But also you do feel vulnerable if you show emotion because especially in unsafe situations, 
baka isipin nila na weak ako. And so, because of this, I think I kept asking these questions to other people, right, Jen? Oh nga, Carl. So, I definitely remember that part of the conversation with Jen Garcia of Zwilig Pharma in our previous episode on mental health. And you were asking him these questions, how do I deal as a leader? And kahit hindi siya on point dun sa topic natin. But it was such a good exchange. Yeah, let's listen to what you said there. There is a culture around leadership where you have to project strength when even if you are not all there, like nung elections. Kumbaga, if everyone's crumpling, kailangan ako yung nakatayo pa rin, even if I feel like I'm crumpling inside. And I wonder how we should think about that as leaders. Do we continue to hold those ideas where there are moments when you must stay above? Or is it actually better sometimes to show that, yeah, just like you guys, I'm vulnerable? Because I, I honestly don't know, but I find myself in those situations where I can't be the one to show weakness because I need everybody else to see that kaya ko. And yeah, that's something I'm just navigating. Carl, I know you said earlier in this episode na medyo uncomfortable for you ang emotions, but I really appreciated your honesty and vulnerability in that clip. But I think that's also what compelled us to talk to another male leader for this episode. Let's hear that story here. I'm Ariel Laksamana. I'm currently a social entrepreneur with three startups. But prior to that, many people know me publicly uh, to be 18 years with 3M with my most significant and relevant assignment to you guys is the president and CEO of 3M Philippines. 2008, we were humming the year before, so we had a hiring binge. Then all of a sudden, 2008 financial crisis hit, we have to lay off people. And the first person I had to lay off was actually one of my direct reports that happened to be my best friend. So that, that was tough. And back then, I wasn't open enough. We're, we're coached, especially in these situations on a layoff. Just stick to the script. HR will be there with you, and that's here in the U.S. Don't express emotions, sadness, happiness, nothing like that, because it might be misinterpreted. <laughs> and it was hard because it was my best friend in front of me. And there was no warning, too. I didn't know who it was until day morning of. So to prepare for it was just that. You know, I had at best an hour before coming into the room. So that was nerve-wracking for me because... Just imagine from my friend's point of view how it would be received. You didn't even give me a heads up. Well, dude, I, I didn't even know, right? So we sat down, we went through it. But what it was emotionally racking to lay off your own best friend. And I became teary-eyed at the end. I tried to hold it back because I'm thinking, you know, I have to do this. This is the checklist. And he was the first one that reached over and says, Ariel, it's okay. I know you're asked to do this. And that was tough. I almost broke down. I didn't because I had to do three more after that. <laughs> but it was tough. So, Carl, what are you seeing is, is common with your and Ariel's stories? 
I think uh, takeaway for me here is when your management, you there are expectations of you, lalo na sa ganitong kasensitive na situation where mm-hmm. the person doing the layoff has to represent the company. And in fact, the person doing the layoffs can enter moral hazard or occupational hazard if they don't mm. say the right things or they say certain things na open the company to vulnerability. Which is to say, bago ka magsalita sa ganitong situation, check ng legal at ng HR kung ano yung sasabihin mo. And often, it's much safer for you to, na- to say as little as possible and to be as emotionless as possible. It's really difficult and like here, he was laying off his friend. I think inevitably, you form bonds with your team. So it's understandable why you as a leader might actually try to turn your emotions off. Kasi alam mo, masakit yung gagawin mo sa tao. And yeah, so Ariel spoke a little more to his reflections dun sa situation nga niya and how that's really helped inform him on how he might handle highly emotional situations moving forward. So let's listen to more of his story after the break. Are you connecting with the ideas we're talking about so far? And are you thinking about how you and your team can understand and navigate your emotions better? You can connect with me or one of our Haraya coaches to see how we might be able to support you in moving through your emotions towards actions that are more aligned with your values. You can book a free coaching consultation via harayacoaching.com. And now we're back and we're returning to Ariel's story of how he had to deal with some very difficult layoffs. You know, if I stuck to what corporate told me not to express my emotion, it would have been fake. And I think I would have offended my friend more. So after that, I opened up a lot more because it wasn't the last time that happened. I think six months after we, we went through like three sets of layoffs that year. So for me, what I did differently than other managers or, or division heads back then was to organize a town hall, you know, Hey, something's coming, be prepared. We don't know how many will be affected, but we know there will be people affected in this. And if, if you need time off to kind of settle in, accept this. And if you're afraid to do this, there's HR people that can talk to you. So there's a support system that happened after that first go. And I appreciated that, you know, 3M was more forthcoming at that point that it was, it was admirable that a company would care because you could always say, you know, just go through this. Right. And it was also good to have tone at the top that we do care. It's just, it's a financial reality that we have to face. This is part of what leadership is. Well, every company, as much as it's a legal entity, it's made out of people. And and that's, what's beautiful about the management styles today is humanizing that part, putting that, especially during the pandemic, you look at it, the, the benefit of having those lockdowns is now the awareness of mental challenges, you know, mental health. Heck, we now have a mental health day that didn't exist before. Uh, so that 
as, as, as companies progress through the spectrum, this is where we're at today, where emotions and mental state is good. And uh, to your point that, you know, I, one of the things I could have imagined instead of a pat on the shoulder, he could have punched me. Uh, that also could have happened, but it didn't. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I didn't expect the story to go the way it did. What happens here is so surprising because there's no humanity behind it. And I also want to acknowledge that it's not just Ariel, but his friend, seeing him and seeing how difficult what he was doing was. If you had that rigid response that was expected of you, there wouldn't have been any of that space for them to see each other as humans. It becomes very transactional. Susan David will call how they responded particularly his best friend, as really an emotionally agile response, right? Versus the rigid responses that we were talking about earlier. He was mindful in that situation and then also mindful of the other person in that situation. And he was able to move through his emotions and still choose a response that showed that he valued the friendship. Move through the emotions and choose the response, And that's really interesting to me because often the way that we operate when we don't build an awareness is I have a feeling and then I will act on the feeling. And so that's why you'll see lashing out happens so often and then people regret it because what you're describing is there's a moment where you have to freeze and then you analyze your options and you go. Yeah, there's this famous Viktor Frankl quote between stimulus and response, there is a space, right? And that's essentially where we take the time to pause and become aware of, you know, how we're thinking and feeling before we respond in any given situation. Again, going back to the conversation also that you had with Jen Garcia in our last episode, I think he he really put it nicely when he responded to your question on how to be as a leader, especially in very challenging, highly emotional situations. I don't have a formula, Carl. I can't say uh, leaders should always be tough and be a bastion of strength for their organization, no matter how they're feeling inside. I think every leader has its his own style. Every leader has his way of communicating. Every style and communication methodology has its place depending on the situation. 
And I think the leaders should be aware of the situation, aware of their audience, aware of the maturity of their organization, their own communication style, their own level of strength, and then using all of those variables, formulate what to them would be most effective. Sometimes it won't always work. Sometimes they will fail. But then you take failure too. Uh, it doesn't spell your whole future if you fail one time. It's just this one time that I failed. And that's also how leaders can keep their own sanity, right? Leaders sometimes feel this demand to be almost perfect, not to make mistakes. But the truth is, your people are expecting you to make mistakes. Nobody is expecting you to be perfect. What was it like, Carl, having that conversation with Jen and hearing him say that? Well, number one, nakasulit ako ng free <laughs> management consulting. It was such an eye-opening conversation to have with him, yeah. both on that topic and, and with emotions. Mm-hmm. Because when he talked about the emotions, it's rooted in our human. Tao tayo eh. Mm-hmm. Showing vulnerability and emotion. It's a more modern way to project strength. Yeah, totally, Carl. And that makes me reflect on a couple of words essentially na parang the emotions nga are places of connection and belonging connection with ourselves and the full spectrum of emotions nga that we have embracing the wholeness of our individual experience and it also helps us connect with other people so going back to Anna's story right and that day that she she cried in front of her boss parang her boss allowed her to let her feelings out and more importantly also ask her for the kind of support that she needed. You know, more than a year later, Anna is now also one of the leaders at Puma Podcast. And it was just great also to hear how that's translated to her leadership. What I realized for myself was I hope that I am someone that other people can see in that way. And if one of my teammates needs to cry, like they will be okay. I think that interaction gave me like a very concrete example of of what those manager or mentee relationships could look like and how someone in a supervisor position could show up for someone like me in in that way. And the importance of like seeing someone as a human. And I tell this to the team all the time. Like I don't see you guys as just people at work that I give tasks to and then you give it back and that's that's it. Like I know you guys are people with lives, with interests, with things that you do when, you know, we're we're not clocking in our hours at Puma. Um and they know that I care about them in that way apart from just me being their manager at work. I feel like the the biggest realization was really the importance of having those bonds within the workplace, especially with the people who are your bosses, basically, and having them create enough of a space where if you do need to cry, it's okay. And you will feel like they won't think any less of you. It's, it's also important Now we encourage other people to be that way and not just box everything in because I don't want them to feel like, you know, I'm less effective at my job because I have these feelings. Evidently, we're quite good on vulnerability in this show. And I'm so proud of Anna no, sharing 
how in the end she she also embraced her wholeness more. And when dealing naman with other emotions like anger or frustration, um, how might we regulate our emotions as well? So let's also listen to Ariel share a bit of his own experience on that here. Emotions can also be a liability in, in the extreme. It's easy to express joy, uh, happiness, you know, or even sadness on the opposite. But anger, anger is hard because anger is kind of, it's a harsh type of emotion. And you as a leader, it could be misperceived or, or received as abuse of power. So that's where, as a leader, just make sure you balance that and you have some control mechanisms internally that helps you assess or at least pause if you're going to express your emotion or not. There's always going to be triggers that just happens. I do my best to kind of breathe when I'm, I'm tightening up. So that's one of my kind of mantra. And when I'm going for a big meeting, I realize that I'm more uh, triggered if I lack sleep or I'm hungry. So I make sure that in an important meeting, I get enough rest or at least I'm well fed before going into a meeting. And actually many of the people that reported to me in the Philippines knew about this. So every time we'd have a, a corporate operating committee meeting, somebody would have a cookie or, you know, a bunch of snacks just to make sure, hey, you know, why don't we have a snack first? Like, oh, I know you guys are buttering me up and making sure I'm in a good mood before we start this. So yeah, that's probably one of the the fun and good things that came out of that. Ikaw, Carl, what are your hacks? I have learned to step away. One of the things that you learn as you get older is it's not so much that you can't be angry, but you have to learn how to control and release that anger properly. Because... Minsan galit ka, tas kailangan mo siya ilabas. But if you explode at somebody, like you don't know if that will result in them losing their respect for you or losing their drive to perform. Like there's so much that can go wrong. So my hack is step away, take a breath, and then maybe understanding yourself also. How quick are you to anger? And what are the easiest ways for you to handle something when you are angry, disappointed, frustrated, etc., etc.? But also, I found more recently, when I can delegate certain things, I'll say, I'm not in the right headspace to make this decision, but I trust you to make that decision. Because maybe clouded naho or frustrated naho, knowing that you can trust other people also is helpful. Before we end this episode, I just wanted to share also something that we sometimes share with our clients, uh, whether in workshops or in coaching. We're definitely inspired by the work of Susan David when she talked about emotions as data points. So at Haraya, we developed a, a simple tool just to help our clients understand the various ways that emotions show up. And we call it the emotional dashboard. So here's Haraya's founding partner, Jackie Caniza breaking it down for you. Imagine a dashboard of a car 
where you have several gauges. One gauge tells you how much gas you have left. Another gauge tells you the speed or temperature and so forth, right? These gauges put together give you a snapshot of how the car is currently running. When you see all of that information, you can decide what to do, whether to speed up, slow down, find the nearest gas station to load up, etc. Our emotional dashboard is composed of three gauges. The first is the body gauge. Our body has ways of telling us what we're feeling moment to moment. For example, you might be feeling tension in your shoulders, knots in the stomach, or tingling in the hands. That's the first data point. The second gauge in our emotional dashboard is the mind gauge. These are the thoughts that are preoccupying your mind in the moment. For example, you might be thinking to yourself, I can't do this. Or, how could that person do that to me? Or, this is hard, but I know I'll learn a lot. That's the second data point. The third gauge in our emotional dashboard is the heart gauge. What is it that is most important to you in that moment? Something may be setting you off emotionally because of a value or a principle you hold dear. The more important the value to you, the stronger the emotional response. For example, trust or connection or openness. This is the third data point that the heart gauge may show us. What Dr. David encourages us to do is to see all of these data points objectively. They're neither good nor bad. They just are. When we're able to view our emotional dashboard as information, we can then decide what to do next in a way that honors what we are experiencing and is coherent with our values. Emotions are data and all emotions are valid. And it's really, you know, what we choose to do with that data that allows us healthier and more flexible or agile responses to the situation. So the next time you experience a strong emotional reaction, just maybe take a moment not to, to notice what's going on in your emotional dashboard. What are your reflections or takeaways from this episode, Carl? So I think number one, we've said it a bunch of times already, but it bears repeating. Emotions are data. It's an input for us to process. At us mahalaga yung salitang processing, right? Because data is raw until it's processed into information. Data, information, decision. Number two is, I've been thinking about this a lot. It's very difficult. I want to extend a measure of kindness to organizations. Like if you're an employee in an organization that can, can't employ this, it might not necessarily be because the bosses are bad or something. It's just that it's a difficult thing to build in. Number three is be ready to feel very uncomfortable once you start introducing it. Obviously, the older and more set in your ways you are, like myself, the more difficult the whole thing becomes, but it makes for an infinitely better place to work for people, I think. And yeah, just to 
respond to that second point, Carl. I acknowledge then the difficulty for larger slash legacy organizations, right? And maybe if you're a manager or an employee listening to that, I just want to reassure you that you know, there is help, there is support that you can find, but it will take time and it will take a bit of courage and buy-in from certain people within the organization. And it doesn't have to start with many right away. It just has to start with someone brave enough to start those conversations. And yeah, for me, I guess just some final reflection questions for the listeners at the end of this podcast. I just have three main questions, really. So firstly, what do you notice are your patterns in emotional situations? You know, in those in those situations, do you take time to reflect on and process the data that your emotions are presenting to you? And then second, what could your emotions in different situations be telling you about your values or what is important to you? And then thirdly, knowing what you know now, right? about emotional agility, about the space between stimulus and response. What is a tiny tweak that you can apply to help you become more emotionally agile and have more intentional responses? I'm Carl Javier. And I'm Jen Horn. Thank you for listening to The Imaginable Workplace. This podcast is brought to you by Haraya Coaching, a company rooted in wholeness that supports individuals and teams by creating safe spaces for transformation. In partnership with Puma Podcast, an award-winning podcast production company that aims to spread the joy, power, and value there is in listening. This episode was produced by Macy Hoven and edited by Mark Casillian. If you enjoyed this podcast, then we're sure you know someone else who'd also want to improve their workplace. So please share this with a colleague or friend and follow this show on your podcast app for more stories, data, and insights on creating your imaginable workplace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.